we were barely helping one kid a month. Um, and so they're just like, oh man, I, what are we going to do? And I say, we just keep doing what we're doing. We keep spreading good, you know, and just lead people into this next chapter of, of life, society, of campaign one at a time, whatever's going to happen. And like you mentioned, it, it, people just showed up. Hi, I'm Brody Nicholas, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and welcome to the podcast where we shine the light or find the light in the darkness to prove there are still so many good people doing so many good things. Welcome to World Gone Good. How can you help us spread good? Well, there are four choices that take no time at all. Here they are. Share, subscribe, rate, and or review this show. It's as easy as that. Every time you do each and all of these options, you help more people find and experience some good. And for that, as always, we say thank you. So I don't know if you heard or not, but I recently left my full-time job. Yep, I became one of the millions of people around the world who is doing the Great Re-Evaluation, which was previously called the Great Resignation, but I really like this Great Re-Evaluation. I like the name of it. I like the sound of it. I feel it's more like positive and powerful, don't you? So what causes us to make such a big change in our life like this? Well, um, I wish I had some amazing answer for you. But the truth is some stuff went down to help push me in the direction I took. And the truth is I was ready to make the change in my life. And if and when the sign presents themselves, the signs present themselves, you take the leap. At least I do. My guest today got his sign and his leap started with one single step. He didn't even realize he was about to leap. Brody Nicholas is the founder, CEO, and campaign director of Campaign One at a Time. And he is proof the next generation is going to change the world for the better. Brody Nicholas is with me from Campaign. God, see, I already did it. (laughs) (laughs) Happens. And I'll say it all the time. I'm going to edit this part out. I probably won't. Okay. Brody Nicholas is with me from Campaign One at a Time. And we have so much to discuss and to get going on, but I want to start here, which is a little history. This all started, this is an organization you run, you're a founder, you're CEO, but this all started with a neighbor friend of yours named Sam. So why don't you take us back to the very beginning and tell us about him? Thank you. And Steve, thanks for having me on. Really excited to uh, share the story with you all. So I was a full-time musician in my early 20s, and it was 2014, um, and I was playing a lot of shows, traveling. I had a recording studio in my hometown, and I was just uh, living a really busy, fun life. And every day when I'd pull out of my driveway, I'd see this kid, Sam, playing basketball next door, would wave to Sam every single day, and it was just part of my day. And one day I realized Sam is not outside. Two days go by, three days go by, two weeks go by, and I pull out to go to the studio every day, and Sam's not there anymore. I finally run into Sam's mom and ask what happened, and they let me know that Sam was diagnosed with leukemia and now lives in the hospital. 
And it was at that point for me, I remember going to my studio that day and laying there and thinking about, I could be anything I want. I could be an actor. I could be a musician. I could be an accountant. I could be anything. And all this kid wants to do is play basketball and can't anymore because they now live in a hospital. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing at the time. I just knew I wanted to do something. So I literally on the spot called a couple friends that I'm still friends with today. And I asked if they'd be willing to help me sell these wooden bracelets at my shows and all the money we'd raise would go to doing something for Sam. At the time, I thought, man, it'd be cool if we could raise like two, 300 bucks, buy Sam and Nintendo Wii. Uh, little did I know we raised $2,600, which is a lot of money now, but especially back then for a bunch of kids, we were like, whoa, that's, that was pretty successful. So we asked Sam what a few of their dreams were and we made them happen. One was to learn how to ride a bike again. One was to be able to swim in a pool like a normal kid again. The other was to learn how to play the drums. And we made all three of those things happen. And when I got to just witness a direct impact, everybody involved, it changed our lives to to know what it was like to fundraise directly for somebody and, and see the impact and see them progress right in front of us. It was just uh, something to this day, I can't explain it. I just knew it's something we wanted to do again. So we decided to sponsor another child in town and another child, another child, and slowly but surely it kind of snowball affected into what many know of today as campaign one at a time. And now we sponsor kids all over the United States and in the Philippines. So this is a calling. And where do you think that, how do you think that affected you and your soul? Um, It was just really deep because uh, if we want to go, honestly, just full transparency here is I was not very happy at the time. A lot of people saw me as, oh man, you travel, you party, you know, all these people. It was great. I mean, that part of reality is is for sure was part of my reality. But the other side that many people didn't see because I didn't post it on my Instagram is I was super depressed. I was getting out of a four-year relationship. I, you know, owning a studio is great, but paying the rent every month, you know, is hard. You know, I had all these bills, I had all these things going on. And it was just the self-awareness of knowing like, man, my life is really hard right now as a young adult, but it's not as hard as Sam's life. It's not as hard as Sam's brother's life. It's not as hard as Sam's parents' life. And once I got that perspective, uh, I realized like, man, I just want to try just helping somebody. And I had no idea that it would essentially save my life and change my life for the better. Wow, that's really, really powerful. So the campaign one at a time, at one point, were you like, okay, we're going to go get a 501c3. I'm going to name this thing. When did that happen? And then how did you decide on that name? So um, it happened in 2016. So we, we, we technically founded in 2014. And we were just kids with cash in an envelope running around helping other kids. Like it literally was just a project, right? I had no idea what a nonprofit was, what a 501c3 was. Uh, we're doing this. And once again, it was just a project at the time. So we weren't helping like kids every day. It was like every few months we'd launch a new campaign or do what we could to sell these bracelets. Um, but we were about two years in and somebody asked us like, oh, can I write this off? And still, I don't even know what a write off is at this point. I don't even know any of this tax stuff. Um, but I like Googled it, right? And it was like, oh, no, you can't because we're just like a, a group of kids. We're not even like a real company. And it happened like two or three times where like a car dealership one time, like a couple people had like asked to donate, but then they couldn't because they wouldn't get the write-off, which is a bummer in itself. But I, I get it now, right? So I started researching into becoming a nonprofit. And, you know, we go through all the steps. Um, we decide, yeah, this is worth it because we can maybe help more kids by doing this. 
Um, and the initial name, which a lot of people still know us as, is actually one at a time. But somebody in 1992 actually bought one at a time. Um, so we had to throw the campaign in front of it. So funny enough, yeah, in the perfect world, we would actually be called one at a time. But um, here we are eight years later as campaign one at a time. Um, and that that's how it happened. I just submitted all this paperwork. I asked a couple people for some help with like guiding me through the, the legal process. Um, and we just did it. And crazy enough, we're having this interview. Uh, March 23rd, 2016 is when we were officially approved as a nonprofit. So this is actually our our paperwork anniversary that we're talking on today. Oh my God, that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just realized it myself because we usually use the founding date as um, in 2014 when, when I thought of the concept. But yeah, the actual business anniversary is today. So thanks for spending it with me. Oh, please. Thanks for joining me. Now, that's really funny what you just said because we had a show a while ago with a group called Mommy Tonk. And we were joking that like you come up with a great name for your group. They're a band. They came up with Mommy Tonk. And what's the first thing you do? You run a GoDad and you're like, okay, search real quick. Does anyone have mo- right. mommytonk.com? And then you got to go search IMDb. Okay, hold on, hold on. Is it a movie? Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? So you 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 go down that road. Now, speaking of which, you're a musician. What kind of musician are you? What do you play? What do you sing? What do you do? Yeah, I was a pop reggae hip hop artist. So I played guitar, ukulele, a little bit of keys, my voice. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a band that and a production team that kind of took care of all the all the fun stuff, the other fun stuff. But yeah, I was I was a solo recording artist. And I got to do a lot of really cool things. I, I play for fun now in my apartment. (laughs) But I, I've kind of put uh, everything into campaign one at a time um, and haven't really made music professionally in the last few years. So talk everybody through how campaign one at a time works, because there's a couple different ways and things you can do on the website. I was looking at myself. You can sponsor people. You can join a group, et cetera. You can nominate someone. So Mm -hmm. how many pieces go into this? Start there. For sure. So we have three main programs. Um, I'll talk about the two lesser talked about programs is our family support program. That's for, you know, families that are going through financial hardship, whether that's bereavement, right? Loss of a child, or maybe their child just relapsed, or uh, we're actually sponsoring a family through that program right now, their car broke down and they're needing help getting to appointments. So this is where we'll host a fundraiser and every dollar raised in their name goes directly to them for whatever they're going through, whatever they need. It's just financial assistance. The second program we offer is our family enrichment program. And that's, you'll see a lot of cool posts with like kids with warrior boxes in the hospital. Those are the care package we send out with gift cards, toys, activities, art supplies, just different things to keep the kids and their siblings busy. Um, And then we also provide meals for kids going through treatment as well as spend time one-on-one with the kids. So we'll host warrior fun days, um, take kids out to different events, and honestly just spend one-on-one time with them in their homes when um, times allow. And then the third program, which is really our what we're most known for is how it started with Sam, is our campaigns program. And what that is, is we pick a child battling a life-threatening illness, and we host a two-week fundraising campaign with the goal to raise a certain amount of money. Usually it's 5K to 10K, um, but basically that goal is surrounded by one of their biggest dreams. And the goal is to raise, for instance, $5,000 for our campaigns program to send Dominic on his dream trip to Disney World. And what we do is we team up with the parents, we get a bunch of pictures, videos, and our marketing team creates all of this campaign content, really cool animations, posts, pictures, banners, and we kind of make them just these local celebrities in their towns. We we hit up every news station in town, we hit up local businesses, and we just show people that these kids with cancer, it's not as rare as people think they're in your town. 
And we've been able to fundraise and send so many kids on their dream trips. Aside from just trips, we also do things like getting kids service dogs. We've built custom playhouses in kids' backyards, remodeled bedrooms. The list goes on and on um, for what these kids dream of while they're going through treatment. Here's a question I'm sure you get a lot. How are you different than Make-A-Wish? Yes, very often. Um, What we really, really pride ourselves on is the direct impact and the speed that we work at, seeing that we are still a smaller nonprofit. I, you know, I'm the founder and CEO, but I'm also a campaign director. I literally work with these families directly alongside Nick and a few of our other team members. We, we don't have like these long waiting lists. You know, we just actually, one of our producers interviewed one of our families that just got back from their dream trip um, in Disney world. And I loved one of her statements is she said, we met one of the time in January and here we are in March and we're already back from Disney world. The reality is her son, unfortunately, is terminal and they don't think he's got much time left. And so for us, that's, it's really important to make these things happen fast. So that, that's one thing that we have on our side is there's really just not no long waits or, or corporate bindings. It's just, we make it happen directly as fast as we can. But the biggest thing we're proud of is the relationships we build with the families. It's not just about fundraising and sending kids on drips or giving them gifts. It's literally the one-on-one support and resource that we are to the families, but also the extension of their family. So many of our kids after their dream trips, we hang out. Like literally, my girlfriend and I are having a joint birthday party this weekend, and two of our campaign families are coming. This isn't a one-at-a-time event. This is They're our friends, you know, and we spend time with them on the weekends. We go to softball games and soccer games and... That's really what makes us different is uh, being an extension of their family. Now, whoever shows up with coleslaw with raisins in it, they're out. I don't care what yeah, the situation 100%. is. Out. 100%. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's a no-go. <laughs> you were saying like you're, you're acting like it's a small thing, but you're international. So my question to you is, when did you go international? And did you have that holy shit, we're international moment? Uh, it was a big holy shit moment for sure. I uh, Wow. Okay. This is 2018. Yeah, 2019. Anyways, we're at a board meeting and one of my board members at the time did a lot of work in the Philippines just with like tech and virtual assistants and all these different things. And we actually started um, hiring overseas as well to give them job opportunities, which has been super cool. But it was literally, and it just goes back to like how we operate. We're in a meeting in January and he goes, hey man, we have like our people out in the Philippines. You know, there's a lot of kids that are battling cancer there. Why don't we go out there and help sponsor a kid? Three months later, we're in the Philippines. And once again, that's just how fast we work. We think of an idea, we just go for it. Um, but the the oh shit moment was getting to the Philippines, being in a third world country, you know, having cancer here in America is horrible, but having cancer in a third world country is like nothing I have ever seen. And when we got there, the goal was to sponsor five kids, which was a big deal because once again, we only sponsor at this time, one kid a month, right? We're going over there to sponsor five kids. And the word got out that, this American nonprofit campaign one at a time was in town. All of a sudden, application after application after application, we're getting all these applications. And it just hit me that like, what are the chances we're here right now? Let's help as many kids as we can. Like I remember going on Instagram stories and promoting it. We end up going out door knocking businesses in the Philippines, end up renting out the second story of a whole McDonald's and pack it in with 20 families. And we're, we're getting these families, cell phones, rice, grocery cards, milk, uh, like to help with their treatment, gas cards, like things that definitely help people here in America. But like over there, it was just life-changing for them to get a bag of groceries. And that was the moment where like, wow, we really can help 
so many kids here and provide an opportunity that some of these families have no other areas of support or resources in the Philippines. And we could be, we can be that family extension that helps them out. Does it ever get to be too much? Any aspect, all aspects? Uh, full transparency all the time. Um, you know, the whole spire to man saying, I'm probably going to butcher it, but what is it like with, um, great power comes great responsibility. How did I pull that out? There you go. Look at that. Look <laughs> at that. Right. <laughs> Teamwork, make the dream work. But, um, with that, yeah. And obviously power is an odd word to use in nonprofit, but with, with reach, right. More people knowing about us, more demand. Once again, just an example during the pandemic, so many nonprofits went belly up and had to close down and they couldn't do travel. They couldn't meet the kids anymore, obviously couldn't attend the hospital visits, but we pivoted really, really well in the pandemic and ended up having two of our biggest years ever at the time in 2019 and 2020, uh, sorry, 2020 and 2021. And we just kept working. And with that, there were so many organizations that couldn't, you know, send a kid to Disney world, but we could, right. So we started getting more and more applications. And like I said, it was helping one kid a month Another example is exactly one year ago, our goal was to sponsor 12 kids in 2021. We have sponsored 13 kids in this month alone. Wow. Uh, in 2022. So our goal is to help 200 kids, which is 10Xing all of our previous goals where we thought, we, wow, we can help so many kids. Um, rambling on a little bit here, but but with that being said, it's so exciting. And we just, we our whole thing is we never say no. We always figure it out. We always accept the application. We always try to help every single kid that applies but with that, it does get overwhelming, especially once again, this is always such a personal project. This was never a business for me. This was just helping a next door neighbor. And it's like, okay, well, let's help another neighbor and another neighbor. And now we've got these neighbors all over the world that are asking for our assistance, but it's worth it. So let's talk about COVID for a second here, because I've found that COVID brought out the best in people and the worst in people. I'm sorry to say. It's almost like I always say, like, like I've said this so many times on this show, it's like going to a wedding or going to a funeral. You see the best of your family and then you see the worst in your family. And you're like, what are you doing? 100%. COVID brought out a lot of good things. And and you saw that yourself in in probably not just you know monetary donations, but just in people wanting to come on board and help and in any way possible. So true. I mean, you hit it on the head. I'll never forget the board meeting when we were in that two week quarantine, right? When it was only supposed to be 14 days long. And we have a board meeting and uh, I had a couple of board members like panicking, you know, like, oh, man, is this it? Or because once again, we were just such a small organization, especially the, the growth this last year has been ridiculous. But but especially at the beginning of the pandemic, it was just once again, we were barely helping one kid a month. And so they're just like, oh, man, I, what are we going to do? And I say, we just keep doing what we're doing. We keep spreading good, you know, and just lead people into this next chapter of, of life society of campaign one at a time, whatever's going to happen. And like you mentioned, it, it, people just showed up. I remember we launched this fundraiser for this kid and, and we didn't know if we we're going to get any donations. And next thing you know, people are donating. And, and that's the cool part is yeah, the thousand dollar donations are cool, but what I get fired up are on the two dollars and thirty seven cent donations, the five dollar donations, the three dollar donations. Like people really donate these random amounts to the penny, and it all adds up to making these kids' dreams come true. And we really, really saw that po happen with, during the pandemic, and just so many good people came about. So we just kept posting more fundraisers, sponsoring more kids, and once again, the biggest driver there is we got a lot of influx because there's so many other bigger organizations that have been around forever 
that weren't helping kids at the time that had kids on year and a half waiting lists that had restrictions. Uh, and we just couldn't drop the ball. We just, we had to make it happen because nobody else was going to, if we didn't. And I'm just so glad that we propelled forward and made it happen. Do you have an all time favorite moment story kid that you flash back to? This is a really, really good question because there's so many. There's so many. Um, a, a big one. I, I'll tell two. I'll talk about the personal side and then and then the campaign side. But the second child we ever sponsored, Emily Marler, this is back in 2015. You know, we her dream was to learn the guitar because in music therapy at the hospital in San Francisco, she was able to play guitar. But when she went home, you know, the guitar stays at the hospital. So we end up fundraising, we get her a Fender Strat, a really badass amp. And then she ends up playing a show with us at Arco Arena, a ha- pregame show for the Sacramento Kings. And like, we actually put this band together of all these cancer patients. And uh, it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. And unfortunately, she relapses again. And, you know, we're, we're spending time with her in the hospital, doing activities. And, um, and then one day her mom calls and says, it's it. That's it. They're, they're helicoptering us back to Roseville, uh, which is a town in Sacramento near, near our hometown. Um, There's no more options. Um, And I remember at that point, I'm like, man, I did not, you know, like I signed up to like run around with the kids and like surprise them with gifts. Like it was so crazy to me that like, it's not going to work out, you know, for, for her life. And, I remember our whole team, it was five of us at the time, just, yeah, we're all in our early 20s, just five kids show up to this hospital and we were in there with this kid, with her family, the last 24 hours before they pulled the plug. And that's when it just became really real to me that once again, it's not just about the gifts and the the, the, the trips and the Instagram fun stuff. It's like these relationships right here is what's the most important to these families. And fast forward a few days later, I, I went to Karen's house. That's her mom. And I uh, gave her some flowers or whatnot, just visiting with her. And she had let me know how much it meant all those times I would drive to San Francisco to spend time with them. And I'll be completely honest with you. When I was in early 20s, like that was like a vacation. Like that's so cool being in the city, hanging out with this cool family. But what she told me is that, you know, when a child gets cancer the first time, even if they're fortunate enough, then everybody's there, right? All the best friends are there. Grandma and grandpa are there, the aunts and uncles. Yeah. But then months go by yep. and people have to go back to work. Kids have school and sports and all these things. So when I met them on their second battle with cancer, nobody was visiting them. And once again, I didn't see it like that. I saw it as like this cool, fun opportunity to go meet this kid. And like we used to draw and do art together and make music, obviously, which was like my passion. And to them, that was like the most important thing was the time. Um, so that's that's really the big one that I always go back to on the importance of this. I know when people see Campaign One at a Time, they see the smiles at the amusement parks and the big gifts, all great stuff, super stoked on it. But I'm really, really proud of the relationships we built because Karen, to this day, we talk all the time and um, we say, I love you, which is it. And for me, that's like a big deal. You know, she's like a second mom. Um, and there's so many of these families that we've gotten that close to. That's really, that's just amazing. So there's passion going on here. And we talk about that a lot on our show. What do you say to anybody out there, whatever their passion is, what advice do you have for them? Take action right now. 
<laughs> just just do whatever it is. Uh, that's that's a big personal thing for me when talking about campaign one at a time is I never want somebody to maybe hear about campaign one at a time and think, oh, that guy, you know, lives in LA, you know, he has opportunity, he has this or that. It's like, no, like, and, and that's my biggest thing too, is not trying to inspire everybody to start their own nonprofit. Maybe people don't want to do that, right? But whether you have a dollar to give or an hour to give or just waving to your next door neighbor, just do it. Just spread the good because it it's so important and I can't tell you how much it'll change your life because for me, it completely changed my life and I'm just forever grateful for this opportunity. So so whatever it is, guys, every, girls, everyone out there, just, just do what you love, do with intention and uh, spread as much good as possible. And how can this audience listening to me and you right now spread the good through your organization? This is your chance to plug away, plug away. Thank you. Thank you. You can find us at campaignoaat.org and all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Campaign OAAT. We also have an online reality series called The Spread Good Squad, which you can find on YouTube by typing in The Spread Good Squad. And you can see episodes of us traveling around the world, covering some of these awesome stories and these awesome families. And I just want to say, and I think you'll back me up on this, there are people out there in situations that don't allow them right now to make a donation, but resharing on any social platform. So huge. Huge. And also volunteering. And you you take volunteers. So all the time. Yeah, we're always adding to the Spread Good Squad. So uh, I love that you brought that up because a lot of people, like you said, they just feel like, oh, I'm not in a place to be involved. Yeah, once again, maybe not financially giving, but being involved, oh, it's so easy. And social media, once again, is the biggest one. Um, just being able to comment, like, share, engage. It, it's crazy how much it helps. And it helps reach other people that that can do the same thing. So just one at a time, being able to reach new people is huge. And volunteering, we're always accepting new volunteers to help us reach more kids. So please, you can also apply via our website, as well as if you know of a child battling a life-threatening illness, you can refer them directly on our site. We have a youth application inquiry form. And their parents can fill that out. And our community outreach director will get in touch with them within 48 hours. The final two questions of our show are always the same. They can go back to anything we already talked about or anything you want to say. Question number one, don't panic. It's easy. <laughs> Maybe it's not easy. We'll see. Who inspires you? Ooh, that's a good one. These kids. These kids. Um, working, especially... After seven and a half years going on eight years, it's unreal how we've met so many and every single one is original, different, has their own charm and and has their own artistic side or, or interests. And they inspire me to keep this thing going, especially when it gets hard. I think back to some of the stories, some of those kids that aren't with us anymore that never even got the chance uh, to reach adulthood, let alone being a teenager or, or whatever that might be. So I really have to give it back to the kids every single time. And the final question, it's not even a question. It's a statement. You're a musician. Don't sing it because I can't afford it. <laughs> uh, it's simple. Finish the statement. Tell me something good. You. You're too young to know what tell me something I good know. is. I was going to say, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. You have to look it up. It's Rufus and... Oh, no, no. It's Rufus and Shaka Khan. It's an old song from the 70s, I want to say. It's called Tell Me Something Good. Now wow. I know. Like that. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm so with you now. I'm with you now. 
Okay. Yeah. So don't let's not do that. that that's part. Right. Please, no one sue me. I don't. Right. Ca- right. No copyright. Yeah. Tell me something good. Oh man, just being the opportunity to celebrate life every day, being able to go out and spread good once again in any way possible. Like I said, just just wave into the next door neighbor. It feels good. Everyone, do it. I highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for having me on today. It's awesome. Thank you, Brody, for sharing your good. Find out all the ways you can support Campaign One at a Time at campaignoaat.org. Next time on World Gone Good. You're either the coolest person or the weirdest, and I've gotten both. It's it's funny because having dating apps, he's the perfect wingman because he's the icebreaker. Like, what is that on your shoulder? Um, that's just my squirrel. Mark Longo has a squirrel for a roommate. Let me say that one more time in case you're seated in the back or you are in complete denial. Mark Longo has a squirrel for a roommate. His name is Peanut. And together, these two spread joy to millions through their oh-so-good videos on TikTok and Instagram. How did they meet? Do squirrels have rabies? How much rent does Peanut pay? These questions and more will be answered on our next brand new oh-so-good episode. Until then, be good.